To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Mm-hmm. Can't know themselves and can't consent. And this is also, you know, really formalized in this AG letter, which talks about their lack of consent under these sort of frameworks of mental incompetence, madness, putting their parents even under these frameworks. And so you really see some of the other apparatuses that we've used for a long time to remove designations of personhood, remove designations and qualifications for social rights and social life, whether that's economic participation, voting rights, your actual liberty, whether you're you know committed to an institution or incarcerated, right? These are kind of existing frames from the state right now is trying to essentially compel consent to expand these you know, weaponized state institutional processes against a type of personhood that it wants to incorporate under these sort of like frames that it's sort of asserting as if they are natural and true, but they are these sort of complete fabrications of conservative imagination. Yes. I mean, thank you for saying that. I think this is the crux of the issue for me. And, and so it's one of the reasons I'm so excited to be talking with you all today. And, and I really think I'm really Right, because there's this broader context we've been talking about. Look at all these machinations and political projects and, you know, changes in state power and forms of it. Yes, all of that is true. But when it comes right down to it, you know, my bone to pick is that is not like those. That's not the stratum that moves me to care. Right. The stratum right. that moves me to care is much more immediate. I I don't want to live in a world that declares entire populations of people incompetent, undesirable, and subject to dispossession Mm -hmm. for virtue of existing. To me, that is an evidence of a sort of, you know, collective delusion about reality and a flight from reality and a refusal to understand the collective responsibility for harm that we all bear in upholding a world that creates these cleavages in Mm -hmm. which, you know, the purpose of this of society is to police itself is to wage an internal war upon itself to cleanse itself of those deemed inadequate and undesirable. That is the fundamental root at which I find it so repugnant, because there's nothing wrong with and there's nothing, you know, um, undesirable about being trans in the same way that there is nothing wrong with or undesirable about being disabled or about being sick or about being unable to, you know, work yourself to death for minimum wage in this country. And I think that there's something so important um, at what you're getting at there, right? That there's this way in which, you know, the that that letter, right, and that legal opinion are really trying to frame trans children as incompetent, right, and lacking the ability to consent, lacking the ability to understand themselves, right? And of course, that's to cast them as, you know, undesirable victims whose, I, you know, whose wants and needs can be brushed aside. But it's a really extreme pathologization and intensification of ableist, right, and, you know, anti-disability um, language that rarely gets challenged in a substantial way, right? And the idea that, you know, for the good of society, right, we have to cordon off entire groups of people, demonize, scapegoat them, and then subject them to essentially organized, planned immiseration, if not eradication. Like, that is the root problem for me. I don't, there's no circumstance under which I think that's okay, right? And so it's wrong when it happens to trans kids, but it's wrong when it happens to anyone, 
Uh, and, and this is, I think, sort of the broader kind of place where, again, an alliance between, you know, pro-trans politics and, and, and disability politics is really helpful in kind of clarifying the stakes here. This is, this is eugenic policymaking. It is the state deciding what types of people, what sorts of kinds of life are acceptable and uh, which ones should be promoted. And the promotion of certain types of life and conditions of life must come directly at the subtraction of other forms of human life from the social body, right? So much of eugenic, uh, the logic of eugenics is subtractive. We mm -hmm. must cleanse, right? We must um, eliminate unhealthy, pollutive bodies from the social, from the nation. And this is, you know, a really disturbing new chapter in this very long history that is unfinished. Right. I mean, right. my God, the United States is just like the most, you, you know, we, 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 we could easily vie, you know, in the sweepstakes for most eugenic um, nation. And it's, it's really disturbing to me precisely because, you know, the ability to say, well, you know, in one way, right, by demonizing trans people under this eugenic rubric, you're also reinforcing that eugenic rubric. And exactly. so once again, it's like, even if we were to beat back this latest attack, right, on trans people alone, that's doing very little to move the needle overall. And I'm just really, I think like, you know, I, I, I'm very careful about like sort of moralizing discourse and whatnot, because that's so often the form of what is directed against us. But if like, we want to just like, you know, I don't know, there are days where, you know, I, I, I close my Twitter app in a rage and think like there are, you know, there's some people I would like to simply say to them, not do all of this fancy political analysis or all of this complex analytical work that I'm trained to do and simply say, hi, you're a bad person. <laughs> and the work that you're doing in the world it, it qualifies by my definition of evil because you fundamentally disrespect and seek harm and seek to bring death upon entire populations of people because you judge yourself superior to them and think that your security is dependent on their uh, immiseration, exploitation, and wholesale eradication. And I simply have nothing else to say about that other than like, that's <laughs> abhorrent. It's disgusting. It's wrong. And we have so much overwhelming evidence as to the outcomes of that kind of, you know, thinking and logic. I just, you know, in some ways, it's also this sort of feeling of like, I don't know what more we need to say, right? We we clearly have lost so much political and rhetorical ground that we even have to work hard to make these basic points, right? How naturalized is is eugenics in this country? How naturalized is, you know, the, the organized mass letting die of entire populations? And of course, we don't even have to say this because this country has just let one million people die yeah. of COVID-19. I mean, we are just living through and, and you know, and just to, to tie this, because I think these things are tied. This is very much tied to these outrageous, fallacious CDC guidelines that are saying, once again, we would simply, simply rather, this is an active desire and election on the part of the state that is being supported by so many people in the cultural talking, chattering class, right? That it is preferable to let people who are ill, people who are immunocompromised, people with disabilities, it is preferable to expose them to death than to take care of them. That's the fundamental choice because taking care of them would 
in some way be inconvenient or require resources or in any case will require us to admit that we have been actively placing them in harm's way for a very, very long time. And so I really see these things as deeply, deeply intertwined. And I just... To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes. And be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.